Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Holy Spirit, continue to speak as you do and promise to through your word and show us that Jesus is the light. Amen. Jesus makes seven great, they're called I am statements in the gospel of John. And if you follow the story, there's actually a lot more. He says, I am, a bunch of times. But it uses some sort of metaphor and then keeps referring to it, which is a, you know, something everybody can understand. And the first one we look at today from John 8 is, I am the light of the world. Now, all of them make really, really, really big claims. And it's the kind of stuff where if anybody says, well, Jesus never claimed to be God, these unequivocally light. He is claiming to be God, to be the whole story from the Father, one with the Father. Yes, so there's a challenge to us, and particularly a challenge to us in the culture in which we live, but there's also a great comfort if we believe, what, if we take Jesus at his word and believe who he is and what he's saying. So John 8, and we're really going to zero in on one verse and keep our scope small. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I think we live at a time when we are, in some ways, immune from a lot of darkness. Just a few hundred years ago, the only light you would have is something you're burning. Candle, no electricity. If you come in here at night when it's dark, there's only one light on. We call that the eternal candle, signifying God's eternal presence with us. But many of us, we can end the darkness anytime we want in our life, right? If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're kind of disoriented, can't find your clock, you don't know what time it is, and, and, and you try to uh, get up from your bed and, and try to make it to the bathroom, but forgot that you had put some more stuff in your room, so you're out of sorts, not know where you're going, and can't find your way, and you're fumbling around in the dark, how do you solve that pretty quickly? Turn the light on, right? No, I mean, you might you know, have to cover your eyes or something or squint, but, but it's a pretty easy solution to fumbling around in the dark, right? You turn on the light. I think a pretty similar thing applies when we talk about our faith. Jesus claims to be the light. And it's easy to say. It's probably a whole lot harder to, to live out. But to dark places in our lives, to dark places in our community, to dark places in our world, if we take Jesus seriously, the answer is turn on the light. Invite Jesus to dark places. But I said there's a challenge to that as well. So in two parts today, there's a challenge and there's a comfort, and they kind of overlap. The challenge is this. Jesus claims to be the light. And that's a pretty outrageous claim for a man who looks to everybody else's eyes like a normal man living, Middle Eastern man living in, in Palestine in the first century. 
That's a pretty big claim, to be the light. But before we get to that part, if Jesus claims to be the light, and John 1 says, the light that shines in the darkness, the darkness does not overcome it, it actually means that there is what? There's also darkness, which is probably something we don't want to believe. But you don't have to read too many newspaper headlines, watch too many minutes of the news to probably have this nagging sense that there's darkness. And we might not want to believe that there's real evil in the world, but we'd probably look at scenes of extreme poverty and people fleeing their homes and living in refugee camps for years and probably say, yeah, that's darkness. Or where war has ravaged communities and cities and, and lives and torn families, we'd probably say, yeah, that, that, there's darkness out there. Or if we see children die of treatable conditions or people uh, die in uh, emergency situations, that could have been so. We say, oh, man. Do you believe that darkness is real? And yes, evil is real. And yes, Jesus even says that there's the enemy of God that wants to spread darkness all over. But how do you get rid of darkness? Turn on the light. Invite Jesus there. Jesus being born into the world, Jesus' life, Jesus' ministry is described as the light shining in the darkness. Which then means we have to look out at our community, our world, and say, it's full of darkness and needs light. But yes, then, the second challenge is that Jesus claims to be the light. And truthfully, that's probably one of the hardest, most offensive claims to make today in, say, in the Western world, and that is to... Uh, to claim to say something that is the truth, to claim any absolute truth, is always pushed back against, right? And so to say, well, Jesus is the, calls himself the light, and, and to say, I believe that, suddenly uh, people would probably say, well, that you can't say that, that there might be other lights. And it sounds mean to say that Jesus is, is the only light, that, that just can't be true. Or I, I don't like that, so I, I don't want that to be to be true? Or how do you know? Or, or uh, it's often said, well, Christians are arrogant to make an exclusive claim. You're, you're arrogant to, to say Jesus is the only way, he's the only light, and that's going to lead you to look down on other people and, and maybe even oppress them. And it is true. Jesus doesn't claim to be a part of the light or a light. He says, I am the light. And you read the rest of the story, guess what? They all got mad. You can't, you can't be that, the Pharisees. You, no way. And Jesus says, I, I and the Father are one. And so Jesus claimed to be God there. They're mad. And he says, by the end of the story, you're going to kill me. And they do. And to claim today that Jesus is the light it can be pretty upsetting. But there's also a comfort. And they kind of overlap. Let me uh, tell you a story. For an example, if a couple, young couple, has a young, has, gives, wife gives birth to an infant, baby girl, and then they found out 
fairly uh, recently after that the baby girl has jaundice. So yellow skin, condition with yellow skin, some with yellow eyes, and uh, so they go to their doctor, and it you know doesn't go away. And the doctor says, hey, th- this is, yes, it can be serious, but it's absolutely treatable and curable. And what is something a doctor often can prescribe for uh, babies with jaundice? It's light therapy. Now, I don't understand all the mechanics of it, but certain kind of light, put the baby under it uh, for a long time, and, and then it works out in your body brings healing to jaundice. It's part of the cure. But what if the couple then says, well, no, 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 that doesn't make sense to me. I don't, that, uh, just shine a light on it? That seems too easy. No, well, I don't believe that. But their doctor would say, well, I, you know, I did go to school for this and have been through a lot of training. I, I, I do know this, this will work and I am prescribing. Well, no, 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 I don't like that. How about we just scrub our, our baby down and, and really hard and maybe that'll scrub their skin down and maybe dip them in bleach or what? What did your doctor say? Well, no, 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 no. You're actually not going to help your child. Now you're going to hurt your child by doing the wrong thing. But they might say, well, I, I just, I, I don't believe that the light's going to do anything. Maybe I, I'll just, you know what, I don't, I don't actually think this condition's that bad. I just think it'll go away. Well, how's that conversation going to go with their doctor? Christians don't believe that Jesus is the light because we have any interest in putting ourselves on pedestals, looking down at other people, being arrogant or or condescending, and certainly not mistreating or oppressing anybody. It's just simply that we've been convinced in our heart that, that it's true. Explore the claims of Jesus, his teaching and his life, and, and, and see, see if they're true. And see if the Holy Spirit work, works on you and, and says, yeah, Jesus is the light. And he, yes, he claims to be the one true one, but that's actually really good news if he is. Because Jesus invites you into God's kingdom, into God's family by pure grace because of what he has done for you, not because you've been good enough for him. And every other, uh, take a tour of any other religion system out there, at some point it's do this and then you will be blessed. And Jesus says, I have done this for you. I am the light and I do want you to reflect my light. Here's another challenge of Jesus being the light. If I walk around in my basement like I did yesterday, and I ignore some of the piles, but just go where I'm going, and it can look pretty good. I'm like, hey, I cleaned this up like a year ago. It still looks okay. Uh, but then if I get a flashlight out like I did to try to look in a few other places to find some things, and I start shining a flashlight into some of the corners uh, and you know, along the wall, what do I start to find in my basement, especially this time of year? Ooh, it's ugly, isn't it? Like around the water heater or any corner. Like, oh, I didn't see that there. I didn't see that. I got, like, problems here I got to deal with. I think the same thing is in our life. When Jesus, the light, starts to poke around in the basements of our hearts and shine the light of his goodness into our hearts, It gets ugly, doesn't it? 
Start to find some pride over in this corner, some cobwebs of, of unforgiveness still lingering, or some hatred, or some greed, or some lust over in that corner. And we start shining the, the light, the light, Jesus, into my heart, and ooh, it's, it's dark and ugly, and I, I need some light. And do you know that the Bible says that even if the good news of Jesus, that he alone is the light, that he alone lived, died, and rose for you and shines light into your dark heart and into the dark world. If that sounds like good news to you, you and I don't even get credit for having faith in Jesus. That's how much by grace this is and how humble it makes us. If Jesus is the light for you and for me, Sounds at all like good news. That means the Holy Spirit is the one that ran the wires in your heart, that hooked you up to the power source of the gospel, and he's the one that even turned the lights on. You and I don't get credit for any of that, which makes us really, really humble. You can go talk to the person you think is the farthest from God and the farthest from walking in the doors of the church and say, hey, look, I... I'm just like you. I absolutely have a darkened heart that needs the light of Jesus, and I've found him. Would you like to know him too? That's not, that's not arrogant to say, I think I've found the one place where your sins can actually be forgiven, and you can actually have true peace, and actually know that when, that when you die, it is not the end. You will be with the light eternal, your Savior Jesus. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Whoever follows me, that's us. And I think that means that Jesus is asking you and me today, tomorrow, this week, will you invite Jesus the light first into those dark places of your heart, where he shines the light, where we confess our sins and receive again the forgiveness won by Jesus. Will you and I invite him into the dark places of our heart? And then will we allow him to reflect his light through you to other people? Because Jesus wants to shine through you to more and more people that they might come to know him too.